strictly speaking, if my business fails, for me, I'm not failing, my business fails, right? So we, we were attempting to build a business, or we had an idea, and the idea didn't work. That doesn't mean I fail. That means I'm, I'm, I'm free to do something else. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna start another business, or I'm gonna do charity, or whatever you wanna do in life. But if the, the, the consequences of your action turn out to be that something doesn't work, doesn't mean that you fail. That's my approach. So Martin, welcome to the Riches on Earth podcast. Um, this is a podcast for guys who are within, guys and girls within the age of 25, 35. They are trying to look for their true north in life. They might be doing some hot shot, big shot job, but they might be hitting it and uh, they want to find something better for themselves. Um, here I have Martin. I've been very lucky to meet him. Um, very, very kind of a open personality. He never had any airs when the first time I met him and he never even rejected me or anything. So a great guy. I mean, firstly, he hails from the Netherlands. He used to be a big shot lawyer at Baker McKinsey, not a small company, tough to get in. Um, he did that for nine months. He saw a gap in opportunity in the market for an online legal business. And he actually went out there and did it. He also started an IT web and mobile development company before which he gave up to relocate to Singapore. Today, he's a multiple startup venture leader. Um, notably, he owns Carpal. It's a same-day delivery solution. He owns Petmate, which is a transportation for pet owners. And he's also an investor at companies such as Auto YQ and an advisor of a smart security scan company. Uh, now, in January 2019, he started a VC company in Singapore to help early-stage tech ventures at seed or pre-series A rounds, seeking to have ability to solve meaningful problems. His goal is to actually help 100 companies in the next 10 years through his VC venture. Welcome, Martin. Thank you to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, first thing I just want to let everybody know is that um, it's crazy that you left a, a, a legal job, uh, a legal right. degree, and actually wanted to come here. So why do you leave such a big title job, a professional qualification that I bet uh, you didn't sleep on it and get it? You definitely had to study for it. Yeah. Why the heck do you do that? Yeah, it's a very good question. Um, thank you very much. I think, um, you know, first of all, I went into, into, into a lawyer, into working into a law firm because people around me made me think that that was the right thing to do. Uh, I think that very much suited me to, to complete my legal degree and um, if you're going to do that, then you should go for the big companies and you go, go for the big shots and, and that's the place to be and I didn't know, you know, what the actual impact was going to be. Um, so when I was working in this company, um, I, one, one day I got invited by uh, one of the partners to, to join for a, for a meeting. And uh, I was supposed to uh, sit there, be quiet, and uh, you know, listen, to, uh, listen to what was going to happen. And um, so here I was sitting next to this partner who was probably charging five dollars $600 per hour. Um, then this entrepreneur came in the room uh, who was actually in trouble. He had some conflict with some clients, and uh, but he told me about his business, and he actually, you know, made me think like I, I'm probably at the wrong side of the table here. I shouldn't be the one solving problems here. I should be the one creating things. And from that moment on, I, I pretty much drifted away from the legal profession, and I was like, I, I, I at some point I'm going to create something myself, and I'm going to run that as a company. Um, and then at some point there, we saw this opportunity. Uh, of you know doing online legal and that's what that's what we pretty much decided to, to start working on that and 
did you ever think about the cost that you spent, the time that you spent studying in law school, what your mom and dad supported you through? Did that ever cross your head before you say, I'm going to give this up? Honestly, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I never thought about it. I was probably 21 years old, and risk versus reward was something that didn't really exist at that point too much in my head. Uh, I was very much driven about what I wanted to do in life. What, what, what gave me passion, what made me happy. And I went from going to this law office every day, which didn't really give me a lot of passion or, or happiness, to starting something for myself, which made me smile every day. And I think that was much more important than thinking about the financial risk. With regards to my parents, um, I'm, for, I'm from the Netherlands, right? And we tend to be a pretty free, liberal country, uh, where parents are very much driven by, you should do what you want to do in life. So financials and risk wasn't really in question back then. Right now it's, it's different. Wow. And you were willing to give up that black suit and tie, that allowances for you to spend on clients and all, to give up and actually bootstrap yourself out of something that you've never had experience with. And... Yeah. Well, you know, so sometimes they also say that ignorance is, is, a, is a bliss, right? In the end, you don't know some of the pain that, that you might run into by, by running a startup. Look, now 10 years later, or more than 10 years, I know how it works, right? So um, you get more careful as you get older. Um, but then at that point I was, well, I don't know the pain. All I know is that it sounds good. Wow. So, you know. It's just crazy. So I would imagine then you were taking a, a bootstrapping journey. You were uh, trying hard probably from your home. Um, I wanted to ask you, the next question was, what made you leave a comfort zone in the Netherlands where you've been all your life and suddenly just come to Singapore? What okay. sparked that? Okay. I think this is a bit of a, this is a, bit of a journey. Um, I didn't go from Netherlands straight to Singapore. That was actually a bit of a path that I had. Yep. Um, so after we, uh, we, we, we stopped our first company, um, that, that law company that we started, uh, that legal company, in 2012, uh, I decided to venture out of the Netherlands. I felt very much that other countries might have other opportunities, and I'm by nature a very curious person, so you know, that sort of helped me to, to start traveling. I spent a lot of time in San Francisco. Uh, that's obviously where I felt that you know, things were happening. Um, while being in San Francisco, I um, actually met my, my current wife, um, who's Taiwanese. Um, she made me or at least I wanted to. I wanted to relocate to, to where she's living, so I relocated to Taiwan. Um, I lived for about probably two years in Taiwan, almost three. And from there, I sort of decided what is the next business I'm going to start, which is Carpel, right? Which we're running right now. Initially, I thought of starting Carpel in Taiwan, uh, which turned out that it didn't work too well uh, because of the market circumstances. Started looking a little bit further and while being in Asia, um, trying to stay in the same time zone, Singapore turned out to be an amazing place. Um, very easy to incorporate your company. It was English, right? I don't speak any Mandarin, so uh, <laughs> it made it easier. Uh, very transparent system, uh, so very welcoming to businesses. Uh, so that was a very particular choice to say we should probably go to Singapore for our business. Um, so in 2015, I moved down here. Just packed your bags and just came here. You didn't know what you're gonna do here in specific yet, but you just did it as well. Pretty much, yeah. Um, I was obviously already traveling, uh, so for me it wasn't that much 
of a big move to go from Taiwan to Singapore, but obviously I sort of dragged my wife along, so for her it was really a change of environment. Um, I don't, I didn't, it didn't feel like it was a big, a big step. To be honest, like living in Taiwan was a bigger step. Uh, Taiwan being a more, much more conservative place and much more, you know, rules and regulations in society and um, being a foreigner to, to sort of integrate there on a personal level was, was very challenging for me. Um, it worked out great, but it took me a few years. And I've been at a point in Taiwan at some point where I was like, I'm not sure if I can, if I can pull this off, if this is gonna work. Um, and I think at that point, being resilient and sort of like keep on pushing really helped me to, wow. you know, to get what I want on a personal level. Well, because something that you did was not something that every one of us would do. I mean, me being Singaporean, I've always wanted to uproot. I always wanted to experiment. But I never know what's better on the other side. Maybe we are spoiled living here. Uh, but I never ever dared to look on the other side because I never knew what would happen. Right. Um, yeah, that's something that's... Well, I think, you know, one of the things that I've always had in my life from a very young age is that I'm a very curious person. Um, I like to, to learn things, I like to try things um, and sometimes reaching the end point of, of is, is less important than actually that sort of learning journey like just to experience how it is like that I would move to Taiwan and not because, well, in this case my wife was there but I could have moved there not because I want to live in Taiwan as my goal but more like I want to experience how it is to be there and once I've done with that experience and I've learned that, I typically also start to look at new things and say, what's next for me? What, what am I gonna try now? Um, and I think, that's, that's why I said like, I think then the curiosity is so much more important than looking at the risk or, or, or reward, uh, at least in my case it is. Wow, I mean, so, okay, this is something that is very different for us. I mean, I'm, I come from an Asian background, like. Do you ever think, what if you lived in a five-bedroom home in the Netherlands, mom and dad gave you everything, you had a car, and if you moved to Taiwan or if you moved to Singapore, you had nothing, you live in one bedroom, does that scare you? Does a bank, an empty bank account scare you? Does that anything scare you at all? I, I mean, I've been out there. I mean, I've, I've lived in that one bedroom in Taiwan, uh, coming from a comfortable background myself. Um, I've been at a point in my life where I tried to buy bread and I didn't have any money. I sold that quickly, by the way, but, <laughs> but I've been there about 10 years ago. Um, is it something I like? No. I mean, honestly, like, nobody be happy if they, you know, if they, if they run out of cash or whatever, right? So that's not a pleasant thing. Um, did I ever think of it? Back then, no. I think right now it probably scares me if it would happen again. So I think if you get older, you get more risk averse. Yes. Right? You, you, and now I have a daughter, I have a wife, so I have more responsibilities. I cannot afford to run out of money or live yes. in one bedroom apartment, right? So you need to organize your things better. But I think if you're younger, you, you, you don't have to think too much about it. Whatever mistakes you make, you know, you can always make up for them because you're still so young and you're not so responsible for other people. If you have that luck, right? Uh, I could do that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was not nice and it's not something I would like to experience again. Uh, but I'm very happy it happened because it also brings me to you know, where I am today. Wow, it, it happened for me as well. I've been through the same. Really? And it scares me if I ever have to go through that again. But, uh, but is but it at the back? Were you scared when it happened? Yes. Okay. Um, we had a lot of issues at home. Right. We would have a lot of arguments. Right. 
people question why do you leave what yeah. you been you what you could have been comfortable with yeah. to try something that you might not succeed at and everybody says that you're not going to succeed why right. try it right so but what positive did you extract from that experience was there anything positive to extract from the, the positive is that it taught me that when you're desperate you become better when when i was desperate i learned how to understand technology so when i was uh Recruiting in technology, I never understood what was Node.js, what was, what was backend, what was frontend, what's the difference, yep. um, what's latency and all. And it was because of market failures, it was because of um, challenges in the family where I was struggling with uh, income and all. Mm. That forced me to study, that forced me to read, that forced me to call people, to talk to people, to understand and learn. Yep. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. Right, right. Well, I think, you know, the important, the interesting thing is that although we don't wish anybody to be in this situation, right? It's not a pleasant situation. The, the fact that you're, you're, you're not even out of your comfort zone, there, there, is, there is no comfort zone. It's not even there, right? So th this makes you very creative. And yep, I, I have absolutely. to say that when I was living in Taiwan, thinking about my next venture, I think I was probably more creative than I am today because you just have different options and you're like, okay, you know, you're, you tend to focus more. Um, so being outside of that comfort zone and to various, various degrees, right? I'm not saying go live on the street, you know, don't have any money, but, you know, pushing yourself to be a bit more uncomfortable can help you to become more creative. Yeah, one of the reasons why I actually wanted to reach out to you was because um, you had told me and you educated me on something I already knew, but I didn't face, which was you said, if you don't want to be just... Um, being the best and only person who can do your job you have to find replacements you have to build succession plans or you have to build something that you can lead and grow instead of just depending on your time so you mentioned this to me the last time Correct. you're saying that big shot lawyers I know big shot lawyers who charge a thousand dollars an hour but they have to physically be at their location yeah. to earn that thousand dollars like what you mentioned to me that's correct yeah that's something that stayed in my head and um, was something that really has been in my head for the last two months. Every time I think about this, I think about you, and then I, I push harder. Mm. I want to ask you, like, when you were young, who inspired you, or today, who inspires you, and who makes you run towards challenges, like right. difficulty? Okay, so, the, so I think when I was younger, um, I, I, I come from, from a family with that the, there's a few entrepreneurs. Um, so I think from a young age, I already saw around me, like, people building things for themselves, people making their own choices people living the life they want to live uh, with all the struggle but also with all the positive sides of it all the, all the benefits and I think from a young age that has sort of, that's sort of like been ingrained in me uh, like that's what you do you, 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 you create things around you so you can live the way you want um, I think that very much that inspired me on a young age um, I think when I got a little bit older probably like 15 16 years old I got the feeling that this 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 thing, that that way of living is not right. I had that, and uh, has probably something to do with that age where you're like, you know, that the environment where you're from is suddenly very wrong, right? You, you go to that age when you're 13, 14, 15 years old. Your parents are doing it wrong, and you know you have that mindset. So I thought I should not be an entrepreneur, and I should you know study something and become like a profession, right? So I decided to go to law school. I did that purely because I thought that. Being an entrepreneur was not the right thing to do. I should be, I should be like out there in the black suit. So I did that. I studied law. Anyway, 
I told you the story before, but at some point I realized that I, I should definitely go back to where I came from and, and start my own company. So right now, I don't get, I mean, I get inspired by a lot of things. There's not a particular person or, or, or somebody who is like, oh, wow, this is this guy or girl I should be following. Um, very much there are certain topics in my life at certain moments in time. Like, for example, you know, I had a daughter last year. Uh, this year I've been very busy with startup investments. Um, two years ago we started Kaka. You face certain challenges when you try to do these things. So automatically you think to think for yourself, where can I find the answers or the inspiration to my current challenges, right? And then you find people that have been there. Uh, and those people might have books or audio books. You, you can listen to them, you get inspired. And the, the good thing is that you're not randomly listening or reading them. You're seeking certain answers to your problems. Sometimes you find them, you take them with you, and the next day when you, when you work on your challenge, you, you fix them, right? So I think it's not one person who's inspiring me. It's, it's, it's more like, depending on what my problem is in life or what my current challenge is, I find people that inspire me. Wow. Can I ask you this question? You were saying you saw your mom, your dad, your family who are entrepreneurs. What do you see? Was it the money you saw? Was it the lifestyle where they could come back at five o'clock, have dinner with you? Uh, they could manage their time. What do you see that you thought was cool before the 15 and 16 years old that you mentioned? I think, I think a lot was freedom. I think when I was pretty young age, I was already very aware of the concept of freedom. The ability to live your life the way you want to live it. Not being limited by you know, other people or, or institutions. Or, and I, I, that, that idea was always in my mind. Obviously, when I was young, I, I didn't understand the concept of money. I mean, I thought money came out of the ATM and that's it, right? So if it's empty, you get more. I didn't know how that concept. And um, so I think freedom was, was driving me. I was like, well, if I, if I can just live the way I want, I think that's, that's, that's a good thing. You know? and if I want to do something today and I can just do that, right? That's something to strive for. Well, but do you find that it's hard to do it in entrepreneurship? I mean, in entrepreneurship, I find that there's never a day I can not be involved in a problem. Yeah, so it's a bit of a paradox, right? Yep. In the end of the day, as an entrepreneur, you can stay in bed if you want in the morning and not go anywhere. Nobody will tell you to come out, but you're only hurting yourself by doing that. Right? So, um, but I find that still freedom. Yes, I have to go to the office. Yes, I have employees that I need to manage and, and help and support. and, and, and I have that personality that keeps on attracting more challenges, right? But in the end of the day, I still made those choices. I created that for myself, so it's still something that I wanted. Uh, freedom is not the ability to not have problems, right? Freedom is the ability to attract problems when you want to work on them. So you're not the subscriber of a four-hour work week lying on the beach earning $20 a day. You're not that guy, right? I, I, I'm one of these people that I don't have really have a line between holiday and work. For me, I just live. And, and, and sometimes I travel some, and, and sometimes I'm in the office. But I always do, this, I always do the same thing that I like. And, um, if I go home, it doesn't mean I stop working. I might continue working in the evening or I spend time with my daughter and do other things. But it's not, there's no clear lines. Um, on the long term, I don't know if that's a good thing though, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know if that leads to burnouts and skin problems, but I'm a very happy person, so I, I, you know, I don't feel this to be a burden. 
Same for me, same for me. I just want to dig a bit further back into your childhood because I realized that all successful people, or I wouldn't say purely successful, but people who really know their true north had some form of influential events in their lives. Yeah. So I just want to ask you very quickly, like between an age of 10 to 20, if I met you, who were you? What were you like? Were you a popular guy in school? Were you the smartest guy in school? That's why you went to law school? Well, first of all, I found school very uninteresting. Um, you know, I found the whole idea of learning things without a clear purpose. At least I didn't understand that purpose at, at that time. Uh, very confusing. Uh, learning all the, all the city names in the country uh, in the geography class didn't seem very helpful to me. Like, and I had to like drill them up when there was an exam. So I was, you know, that didn't really inspire me. So I, I was a pretty problematic student, um, I'd say. I, um, I, I barely finished the high school. Um, and the, and I, I mean, I don't know what would have happened if I wouldn't have done that. I mean, I, I'm happy I did and I, I, I went actually to university and all that, but uh, the changing moment in my life was actually, um, uh, it came actually from my grandfather. Um, and it's funny, but funny, but it's an interesting fact because he, he actually passed away last week. And I flew to the Netherlands last week. Um, he, he was a respectable age, he was 91 years old. Um, and I spoke on the funeral last week. <clears throat> and uh, what I actually said is that he was the one who actually made me change from a problematic student into somebody who tried to achieve things. And I remember working in the family business one summer when I was 17 years old. I think somebody gave me a task like I had to clean something and this was like a gigantic room and it would probably have taken me like one, one month to just clean that <laughs> uh, but it was it was a it was just like a holiday job right so I was doing that and you know at some point my, my granddad walked in and at that point he was retired and he was already you know he's that sort of person who's still looking around and everybody still doing their job even though he's already retired so he came to me and he only asked me one question. He asked me, like, are you going to clean the rest of your life? And then he walked away. At that point, I was like, what does he mean? And then I realized, like, he's right. This is probably not what I should be doing. I should be, you know, strive for something else. Um, so I'd say, to answer your question, right, between 10 and 20 years old, the, probably the first eight years of that decade, that was very problematic. Um, until this, this, this moment where, where I was suddenly like, oh wait, I should probably work much harder on, on myself and what I want to achieve. Um, but nobody gave me that inspiration until he did it. And is he an academic or is he a successful entrepreneur? What's He's he a like? successful entrepreneur, but he came from nothing. So he, he basically, uh, I, think his, I think he was probably, he didn't live with his parents when he was young. Um, no formal education. Um, and he pretty much worked himself up in life building businesses so you know it's, it's an interesting story it's not nice to grow up like that because yep. it was very problematic yep. um, but it shows you very much how you know coming from nothing you know by working hard and, and, and you know doing what your passion is and maybe not being in the comfort zone uh, brings you to a certain point and then the, the amazing thing is that you that you can actually be an inspiration for other people which he was to me not even I don't think he even knows you know I don't think he knew that, but he was. So it changed me a lot. Wow. So then what happened between the age of 20 and 30? I guess you were like picking up speed. You graduated law school. 
was it hard to get in law school? Was it hard to finish it because you hated school or it wasn't interesting to you? I, when I went to law school, I was very much on like, this is the right thing to do. And when I have that mindset, I will put all my energy into, you know, doing it the best way I can. Uh, once my mindset is right and I put my mind to something, I will redo whatever it takes to, to just get through it. So law school, I wouldn't say it was very hard for me. I mean, it was, it was a nice period. I learned a lot. Um, and I've actually been always, ever since I've been like that, uh, starting businesses all the way on to date. Um, we go, we go hundred percent. You learn whatever you, whatever there is to learn about that topic or that problem. Um, and because of that, it's not so hard and you like it, you like doing it. So starting from 20 all the way until date, it's been pretty much the same. Uh, yeah. Best stage of your life right now, would you say? Um, I think if, as I got older, like the days get better. Um, I wouldn't want to, you know, some people say like, I wish I was back in high school or I wish I was back being 21 or like, maybe when I'm 90, I would say something like that. But, but I think right now, I wouldn't want to go back. I think tomorrow is going to be better than today. So let's go forward and, you know, discover new things and grow and get smarter and, you know, do all the good things that we want to do. I, I, I never look, I look back, but not in a way like, oh, I wish it was still. I don't have that nostalgic uh, approach to life. I was just curious to ask you this question because uh, a lot of my listeners or even myself, I've been through the same. Um, and I have friends who are still stuck with uh, the old industries that they think they did well in. 10 years ago, they're still in it, suffering. They're not embracing technology. No, they're not embracing AI. and They're not embracing anything new that they don't know of. Right. Um, how do you bootstrap yourself three times? Like to do it once is tough. And then to close it and then do it again and again is it um, a purpose you wanted to achieve or is it because you had no choice like, how do you do it right. i think first of all i have to say that the bootstrapping gets less bootstrapped <laughs> <laughs> i mean you first you do it with no resources right when you're very young and then as you age you have more resources and, and you, you can bootstrap and still have a comfortable life i mean I, w- I would say if I would start a business right now, it will be intensely hard work and, and if you consider that bootstrap, right? But my personal life is still fine. I mean, I live a good life, I, I have nothing to complain. Um, so as you age, it gets easier. Um, but I think for me, again, right, it's driven by curiosity of trying new things. And then the bootstrap is just, a, it's just that's just a side effect. It's, it's, it, I never think too much about like, oh, there's this huge risk that I'm going to fail. And okay, if I fail, but then I start again. It's okay. You never thought that if I fail, I go find a job. Never had that in your mindset. No. My wife did. She suggested like, oh, if you fail, you can, you, because she always says like, you have that, you have that comfort net, that, 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 law degree. that plan to be, that plan B, right? A law degree. So yeah, you can always get a job somewhere. But then I'm actually thinking to myself, that's probably the worst thing that can happen. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's like, that's not what I not want. I mean, I have to be very desperate to, to, to be a lawyer and, and say, oh, you know, I need to, I mean, not, I don't want to be negative about, about the industry or, or, or lawyers in general, but, but it's just, for me personally, I, I wouldn't want to do that. It's just, you know, I like to, to live my life the way I want. So yes, there's that plan B, but, but realistically. Wow, I mean, it's... Okay, that's something that I, I don't ever hear people say. So the most successful people were people who tried seven times. So even like yeah. Thomas Edison tried 99 times and on 100 times he, he succeeded. But yeah. most people don't think that way. To be honest, most of us 
look behind our backs and think about what jobs we have if we lost this. Yeah, well, I think you should. See, the question is if Thomas Edison, when he was at, at chance 50, right, when he was doing it again and again, when, while he actually had, if he had that high level perspective at that point. See, it's easy to look back and, at somebody and say, well, you tried 100, you know, 99 times in the 100th time you succeeded, and well, that must have been tough. I wonder if he lived his life like that, you know what I mean? Maybe for him it was just a journey of like, okay, we're trying this, we're trying that, we're trying this, we're trying that. I mean, what's the end goal anyway? Right? When do you say, say I succeeded? Because to me, I wake up, I, I, I do something useful today, I succeed. No? Maybe I have some, give somebody some inspiration, or maybe I solve a meaningful problem, or you know, you go home, you feel like, hey, it was a good day. I, I think that's also succeeding. People tend to think that making a lot of money is succeeding. Well, that's just one way of looking at it. Sure, it's nice, it's good. It's, it's, it's one of the KPIs you could. Yeah, it's a metric. It's a metric, right? Oh, I made money. Oh, that means you must have succeeded. Okay, good. But if that's your only goal, you're going to be very miserable. Because the chances of you doing that is very, are very, very slim. It's not impossible. I mean, it's not impossible to become wealthy, to sell your business with a lot of success. But if that's your metric, you set a very, very high goal for yourself, which might not be so realistic. Wow. To be honest, I suffered this problem. Four years ago when I came out on my own and uh, I was bootstrapping, it was a real culture shock for me because uh, I was looking on Facebook and I, I stopped using social media for four years right. because of this, this struggle I had, a kind of depression I had. Mm. Um, I was struggling looking at my friends buying a new Mercedes-Benz, oh. buying a new Rolex, and I was struggling month to month trying to earn last year's income. Yeah. So when you're bootstrapping, you're always thinking about last year's income, right? Oh, I made this amount. Can I make it again? Yeah. Can I double it? Can I triple it? And my wife was always saying like, or oh, if you left your job, you you have to double it. If yeah. not, if if not, you wasted your time. Right. And I was always cycling in my head, and yeah, it made me always look backwards. Yeah. But do you think that this is because of the environment that we live in? Absolutely. Do you think it could have been different if you grew up in another country? I don't know because I've never been right. to another country. You speak to a lot of people. So. Yeah, I would say yeah. Certain things are encouraged overseas, like for example. Uh, people were in the US, Australia, their parents are encouraging their kids to take a year off yeah. after university, yeah. find yourself. Yeah. Uh, but is it allowed in Singapore? Because our parents need support from us here. They yeah. don't get government support. Yeah. We don't get free education, yeah. no free healthcare. All these come behind my head all the time. And to get married uh, and, to, and to be able to afford a home, yeah. afford a family, all these are behind my head. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to pursue like what you had back then. Alright. Well, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm, I've been fortunate uh, of, of having that freedom when I, when I was a bit younger. I mean, right now, obviously, I don't have it anymore. Uh, I have a wife, I have a, you know, have a, have a daughter. Um, so maybe that was true. Um, but what I'm getting at is, like, we need to strive for basic needs in life, right? We need financials, we need shelter, we need, you know, we need these things. And if you're not getting them, you obviously have a problem, right? If you if you if you, if you don't have income, I mean, that would be a serious problem. But it should be a at some point you should try to let that go and say, well, okay, I got that, I have it, I have a house, I have an income. Do I double it this year? Oh, that'd be nice, but is that my goal? Right? And because these things, 
Do they really make you happy? So then you achieved it and then, right? Okay, I doubled my income this year. Great. But what was the price I paid for that? And I think I always ask myself that. I could strive every day for a lot of money. That could be my main goal, but I'm not sure if it's gonna give me what I want, which is my my value system or my morals are, are very much around freedom and you know uh, getting value out of creating things, getting value out of some satisfaction, some happiness. Sure, that being said, I need money, I need to eat, I need to make sure my family is stable. Uh, but after that, I think you should try to put that aside and say, okay, now I can focus on other things. So I'm guessing when you were the lawyer, you were never the guy who was saying, come on, go meet you now for coffee. You were never the guy always arranging appointments to, to get that hourly rate. You were not that guy. You're trying to solve it fast and then find more problems. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a good question, yeah. Because lawyers, they, they have... Try to clock more they, hours. They, they benefit from inefficiencies. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I think I was too young. Uh, I think I was, I was not that person selling yet. Then. I think I was 21. Uh, so I, I, I think so, but it's a good question. If I would be a lawyer now, would I be that person? Probably would. I probably would because that would just be my work, right? I would, that's the way we would operate. Uh, I would find problems and, you know, I would charge them and, I mean, I would operate as a lawyer. Um, but would I think like I need that money in my own pocket and, and you know, I don't think so. I don't think that would be my primary concern. And don't get me wrong here, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a capitalist person, I, <laughs> I, I strive to make money as well. And, and of course we, we do businesses because we want to earn, uh, otherwise I'd be doing char- charity or something else. Uh, but it's not my primary motivation. Yeah. So I never look at other people for whether they have more money or better car. Uh, I would look at other people for other things, they might have achieved something I'm, I'm pretty jealous of or, yeah. you know, but that's why we read books, right? We read their books, we listen to their audio, we learn from them. It's, it's actually a lot of value if they do that. Yeah. Do you believe leaders are readers? Do you, do you read a lot? Do you absorb a lot of information all the time? No, I think leaders need to, need to be curious and they need to find ways to learn on how to solve their problems. Uh, and in our society, books are, books are the way to go. So I, I, I learn a lot. Um, but I also believe more and more that having a conversation with somebody for like 30 minutes with the right person can that can be a complete book mm-hmm. you know you can spend a whole weekend reading or you have 30 minutes with the right person having a coffee it, it just can just blow your mind away. absolutely and you know so it's not just about reading it's about being aware that you know very little and other people or books might have the answers to to what you need to know absolutely i mean i totally agree that i've that one thing i really enjoy about my job and that's why I've been in this for the last 10 years is because I love meeting people who suddenly blow my mind. Um, they had smooth careers or they had everything planned out for them and they gave it up to transition to something even bigger. And it's not like they're achieving less. They're going to achieve more. Okay. It's just the, the game they play is, is just on a different field. They're willing to challenge themselves. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, like, um, where do you see yourself between now, the age of 30 to 40? We are about the same age right now. What's your next 10 years going to be like? What's the goal? Yeah. What's the purpose? Yeah. 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 So, so one of the things I've decided very much is um, between having a, a kid and, and not having a kid um, is that I don't want to work until 8 p.m. every day. 
so I would say two years ago, I would just go office and I would leave the office whenever I felt like leaving the office. Uh, that changed pretty drastically. Um, now I realize that my time is more limited and I want to achieve my work if possible before 4 p.m. every day. Uh, the work being in the office. Of course, I still work from home sometimes, but but being able to walk away and, 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 and spend time with family or, or spend time with friends becomes more important than, than it was before. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't want to do less in my life, right? And so working less or leaving office early doesn't mean for me I take on less challenges. As a matter of fact, I would like to take on more challenges. So the challenge for me personally very much right now is how can I take on more challenges without having to sit in the office every day until 8 and 9 p.m. So I'm very much focused on building systems around everything I do these days. Um, when it comes to investments, I try to have systems that help me with my decisions instead of thinking about it myself. Emotional. Emotional. Um, same with the staff here in the office. You try to build systems so that you show up, you do what you need to do, you walk away, things keep on running. and. This is the only way, and I think that's what you mentioned earlier, about delegation and, and you know structuring things so that you are replaceable. So that I can literally at some point be gone for a month, take on gigantic challenges at the same time, not having to worry about it, come back and monitor the results. I think that's, if you ask me what's my, for the next five years, I mean, that's really what I want like to achieve. Like, can I make myself replaceable? That'd be the best. That's, that's my ultimate goal. Like, without doing less. Same for me. I, I just want to dive into this. I think uh, the listeners would know that Carpal is a same-day delivery uh, business. You said you want to leave at 4 p.m. Do you ever fear that you leaving at 4 p.m. might result in a bigger boy killing you guys off the business or destroying your market share? Do you ever live in that fear? Yeah, it, it does. It, it does all the time, actually. Uh, I, I'm always worried on my mind um, that... Um, but I also think at the same time that if you worry, you work on it, right? So if you, if you, I'll be very worried when I'm not worried anymore, right? When I walk away from the office and I don't think about it anymore, that, that'd be like, that's something is wrong, right? Yeah. But once you walk away, you work, worry about, oh, I feel guilty that I left, right? To do other things, or I didn't work hard enough today, so somebody else is going to take over. Sure, these are on my mind. But that doesn't mean I should sit in the office until 9 p.m. I don't, know, I don't think that's going to change anything, right? I mean, these few hours are not... Like, working effectively is probably much more helpful than, than just being in the office working very hard every day and, and just try to knock my head. Um, so, and, and plus, it's a little bit selfish to think that, that you're, you're the only one who can drive this business forward. The fact that I leave for a few hours, I mean, the rest of the team is still working hard they're still, they're still here doing and, and fighting the war. So don't be selfish to think that if I disappear for a few hours that the competitors are going to take over. I don't think so. I think if we have a strong team, I don't think that will happen. Wow. I mean, I don't probably as a leader myself, I always think that everything's my fault. And if it goes yeah. down... But it is. Yeah. I mean, you're still responsible in the end. So if I, you know, if I choose to, to, to go home for a few hours and you know, next, time I, next day I come back and, and there's a problem here, well, first and foremost, I'm, I'm responsible, right? But then very much, I'm like, how can I make sure that this doesn't happen again? 
And how can I work on a system that prevents this system. from happening so that next time it won't happen again? So this is also how we learn. So, so that's all right. But yeah, we are responsible. And I think being an entrepreneur, deciding to work for yourself. Um, yeah, you talked about risk earlier. I think the risk in the end is less heavy. I think what's really heavy is that you're responsible. That's much heavier on, on your shoulders that you're actually responsible for other people. If something goes wrong, everybody will walk away and then you'll just be there. People will look at you. Yes. You're responsible for your shareholders. You have that fiduciary responsibility. So I think that is always a much heavier on my shoulders than, than risk. Yeah. And considering the space you are in, these days tech is so fast, um, a smaller guy could just get a big funding round and he could come in and yeah. Um, yeah. start giving out uh, discount codes, start giving out a lot of yeah. promotions and it could just eat your whole market share really, really quick. So Yeah, for sure. No, I, I, and, and, and it's a reality that this happens all the time and, yeah. and we need to deal with them. And we need to solve that. Uh, you know, if you started a business 30 years ago, you probably didn't have that, right? Right now, everything goes really fast. And, you know, it's definitely a, one of these challenges, but it isn't any other challenge than, you know, everything we've just discussed. It's just you go to work and you know, that's in front of you and you try to solve it. And, uh, yeah, you need to be fast. Fastest wins. This is very true. I, I want to ask you last two to three questions. Um, you've achieved a lot in life uh, in terms of people wanting to do their first startup. They don't even dare to do it. You've done it three times. What was the biggest... Um, regret you've ever had is there was there a missed opportunity you ever had that probably could have propelled you even further today yeah probably all the time actually <laughs> <laughs> i think there's been multiple but i mean i mean i i consider my to be I mean, myself to be quite young and i mean I, I i thank you for for telling me that i've been very successful but it doesn't feel like that i mean i've been i still feel that we're struggling uh, every day yeah not in a bad way but absolutely just still working on it right um, I don't have regrets I I don't have them I couldn't name you one sure there's been missed opportunities but are these real regrets I, I, I don't think so regret like, is a very heavy word right it's very much like oh that's a, that's like a black thing that, that I should have done different I don't have that I, I sure I make mistakes right Made mistakes with staff and then they resigned, which I regret, I guess you could say that. But it's more like I made a mistake, I just need to make sure it doesn't happen again. And, and so I don't really have deep regrets. No. Did you I ever get an opportunity to exit and then you said no and then that opportunity never came back again? If you purely look at it from a financial perspective, yes, yes I have had that a few times. Um, that's not a regret. It's more like, okay, oh, could have done that different. I mean, I'm still okay right now, so it doesn't. So, but if you, if you mean to be practical, I've had I've had situations where where I could have hired somebody which I didn't. Yep. I've had situations where I could have made money which I didn't. Yep. Um, I've said the wrong things. My name. I'm a very straightforward person, so I, I would say something stupid and then, or very simple, straightforward, which would land wrong with people. Yep. Which I cannot. I couldn't fix that anymore. It was broken. Something broke in the relationship. So I've had that. Um, I pretty much left my whole family in, in their home country while I'm living here. <laughs> I don't know how that works out. It's the price you pay. I mean, less, like I said, less we get the rush back. And it's the price for living far away. Uh, but I don't have deep regrets. I, 
I also think that tomorrow will be better than today. So I, yeah, you know, you have to you have to live like that. The glass is always half full. Yeah. And what's your biggest accomplishment today? What would you say is your biggest accomplishment? I mean, everybody will say the money, everybody will say the businesses. No. What would not, you say? No, it's not. It's the it's the fact that I uh, I think I think my personal life is my biggest accomplishment. So I, like I said, I moved to. I mean, at some point, I, I met my wife. Uh, I decided to pursue that. Right. So I met her in San Francisco, and I decided to pack my bags and. Know, moved to Taiwan and and then went through that sort of like adoption period for almost two three years and then the ability to be accepted in in this completely different culture um, the ability to you know then marry my wife and ultimately you know making sure that I still a happy family even though I was a foreigner I think that's probably much I think that's my biggest achievement because that's the only achievement that I really thought of giving up that's the only time I, I it became so hard that I was like I, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm going to stop. Like, I'm going to stop fighting this because it's, it's becoming too tough. But I did. And then looking back at that, I was like, well, that's probably the hardest. So that was, that's your biggest achievement. And it feels like that. So it's not money. It's not business. It's for me. Maybe later in life it will be money or business. But right now it's that personal aspect of my life. Wow. But just quick question. Like, there, there must have been a big expat community in, in Taiwan, in Taipei. You would get to know them what was hard for you? Like you have such an open personality, you're a happy person. Right. What challenges you? Well, I think, I mean, I think it's a, it's a, it's a yes, there is an expat community, but that, but that's not what I wanted, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I wasn't there to, to party and, and, and drink with the expats. I mean, I was there to, to get closer to my wife and our family. Uh, and that is, uh, that, that isn't so easy. Yes. That's a, that's a tough one. I mean, we solved it perfectly, and it, it, it went beyond expectations uh, till date. But but I remember the first year was it was quite challenging. So then you ask yourself, why am I doing this? Right. Well, in this case, it was because I liked her a lot, um, and I wanted it. Um, but had I thought about it too much, you know what I mean? Like earlier, you asked me like you think about the risks. Like, what if I would have thought before I moved to Taiwan? Oh, what's the risk of this? What if I don't get accepted there? Right? What if that all fails? I don't know. I might, might have not have done it. So the fact that I didn't think too much about the risk. Mm. I mean, you calculate. I, I'm calculative. Don't get me wrong. I think about things. But uh, if I overthink it, then, then I probably wouldn't do it. It becomes a paralysis yeah, by analysis, exactly. right? You and think and too I much. Think that's, that's an advice also to other people, right? At some point, do stop reading books. Stop thinking and stop analyzing things and just do it right I, I mean as an investor right we get businesses here all the time that, that come to me and they say I have an idea and I'm gonna start this idea I said did you already start no no I'm still analyzing still making a plan I said come back when you start right come here when you started something I said why don't you pick up the phone right now and do something do something call somebody you know talk to a customer talk to a supplier instead of thinking business is not about See, there's two things in business, right? You, you have on the ground, executing, and you have thinking. So for me, how I break up my week up for me is five days of executing. Go office, do things, call, push. And then maybe on Saturday, I spend half a day or a day reading. That's my thinking, not the other way around. 
And I think that's my advice to most people. Don't, I mean, don't overthink things. Don't overanalyze. It's, it doesn't bring you anywhere. Yeah, after you told me that, I, I started to block time off my Saturdays, but I mean, I'm still struggling. While I'm reading, I'm actually still checking my emails, thinking whether there are any issues, any things I need to solve immediately on the weekend. But actually, if you think logically, you can't do anything on the weekend because even I can do it, my support systems will not be able to do it. Like people are not going to respond to me. People are not going to solve the issues for Yeah, the me. weekend is great. I think, the, I think Saturday morning is my holy morning. Not from a like religious way, but in, not in a religious way, but more in like, it's just that moment when it's like super quiet. And nobody's asking me anything. Nobody's talking to me. So I'll just sit and read. And, and sometimes you only read a few pages and then you, yes. you get super inspired already. Yes. It's like you just read four or five pages. It's like, oh, okay, it's like that, right? And then I'm done. But that's my thinking. Yeah, but you, you, you gotta, you, I can't do it in the office. I, I, I couldn't sit here and read a book. I mean, you would turn on your laptop <laughs> and you'll start checking everything, yeah. right? There's work to do, right? Um, so you need to find that quiet space every time to, to sort of like, you know, it's like you're an iPhone and you just need to recharge, you know what I mean? Like you just sit there and, you know, battle, get ready for the next battle next week. Yeah, that's true. I want to ask you what's your parting advice to anyone who today isn't happy with what they're doing currently. Globally, there are like 80 to 90% of people who are not happy with what they're doing and that's why our economies are not growing at the rates that we expected it to be. Because there are actually people who are sitting on the desk doing work that they're not happy with. So they're not trying their best, they're not doing their best and it's hurting all of us. What would you say to these people who are trying to... I wouldn't say trying but they wouldn't even know how to get out of this uh, negative cycle. They're just going there to make their paycheck month to month. They're not sure. Yep. And I've got a lot of friends who are like that. I mean, I think I cannot simplify this. Um, you know, everybody has its own. Like, if you ask me this and you're an 18 year old, I'd probably give you a very simple answer. It's like, just go do it. Like, stop complaining. If you're, and I'm talking about somebody who's 18 years old. Of course, when you get as you get older, you, you have more responsibilities. You have family, wife, uh, husband, um, family members, your parents might need support. So it's not so easy to just drop everything in. You know, do something else. We could say that's that is a brave thing to do, but it could also just be very irresponsible uh, to do that, something like that. But if you if you want to make that transition in your life, my advice is always to start thinking about what you want, not what you need.